0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Positive Club. I hope that you're having a great day and you're happy every day. Today, I have with me one of my role models, Mr. Rasooli, a fantastic artist. All you have to do, you look at his art and you start feeling calm and happy and excited. Mr. Rasuli it's a pleasure to have you here. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, what do you want to know about me?
0: Just tell me a little bit about your childhood and then why? What happened that you became interested in art?
1: See, I was born in a, in a sort of mystic family. My uncle was a Sufi. And through the gathering of the Sufis, I got to know about the other side of life. And I practice a different form of being a human being for instance you know one of my assignments was for a whole month to know who i'm representing when i say i i say i love you or i want something or i don't like you or i'm gonna leave or i'm tired each one of these eyes is a different eye So the idea is to recognize how many eyes live inside me, inside this big eye that is me. So these are the type of practices that I got used to. So what was really the major thing that developed me was uh, the idea that no matter how great you are, you are even greater than that. And this was really my main challenge. I enjoyed that a lot because my whole feeling was, God, there's no limit. So my idol was Don Quixote. And Don Quixote was great because Don Quixote wanted to reach for the unreachable, reach for the stars. And to me, that's the way that a quest should be set on, to reach for the unreachable so that's how i got developed to reach for the unreachable
0: that is amazing like when i saw your art i knew there was something there you know because it's very very deep and now that i know that you were practicing sufism you know that 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 makes a lot of sense so what is the journey of your life so you you practice and you learn about yourself on an intimate level and then what were some of your experiences and what happened you went into art
1: ah uh, Art was my interest. One time, my uh, my father had a portrait of him drawn by some artist with a Conte Crayon pencil, and he had framed it and brought it home and put it on the wall and uh, and uh, showed everybody that this is my portrait, and some artist did that. And my uncle, my Sufi uncle came, and. Uh, he looked at it and he asked me how I felt about it. And I said, it, it's good, but the eyes don't look like my father's eyes. So my uncle took the, the drawing out of the frame. We took it to a paint store. And uh, at the time it was a bookstore, took it there. And uh, my uncle wanted to get the same type of pencil and an eraser and and got these and came home and told me to let's fix his eyes. I was about five years old. So I said, but I don't know how to do it. He said, you know, you know, start doing it. So I erased the two eyes, both of the eyes. And I started drawing the eyes, you know. You can imagine a five-year-old kid, what type of eyes he would draw. So, there were these eyes and eyelashes and round, you know, thing. And, And it didn't look good, so I erased it. And I kept on drawing and erasing, drawing and erasing. And finally, the paper got torn up. So, my uncle stuck some other paper underneath it. And I drew it again with a pencil. And that looked ridiculous because, you know, the eyes, the kids' eyes on this portrait that somebody had copied from a photograph, it looked weird. But my uncle put it back on the frame, put it on the wall. And because my uncle was like 13 years older than my my father, my father had a lot of respect for him. So the painting was on the wall the way it was. and. Everybody who came to our house, my uncle would tell him the story, or my my father would tell the story that the eyes didn't look right and he fixed the eyes. And people who were there, they were nice enough not to, you know, criticize. So they would say, Oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, that's a good job. <laughs> but I know that was ridiculous. But that whole feeling that there was a demand for what I was doing. That became very attractive to me. So the whole idea was to share with them your dreams. Share with people your dreams. And when you share dreams with people, you put their minds into dreaming. And then, when you're in that world of dreams, Everything becomes soft. Everything becomes relaxed. And in that world, you become creative because you get inspired. And in that zone of creativity, you express yourself. And your expression becomes the means of clues that would guide you from this level to another one and to another one so yeah painting for me is you cannot really call me a painter i'm an artist and i have a message to deliver and my message is that you've got to be free you've got to love and you've got to surrender freedom love and surrender are what we should be as human being deal with our spirit is here our soul is here to enjoy hasn't come in coming here to suffer so the enjoyment that we can get for our soul is through our emotion through our feeling And then, from that feeling, a new concept pulls out, which is not yours. It comes from a a different source. So you put it on the canvas. When I'm there, when I'm painting with canvas, I'm not really painting. I'm making love with my canvas. My canvas tells me to touch me here, touch me there. And I do that with my canvas. And my canvas smiles, or sometimes my, my canvas is not so happy. And sometimes we get into struggle with each other. But it's all about love making process. It's not about me painting. Sometimes it takes one hour to do a painting. Sometimes it takes a whole month to finish a painting, and at the end, you don't even know the difference.
0: Wow, because you're so into in tuned with it. I have so many questions. <laughs> I just have to just take it easy. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, because you know I tell you what what, what is in- interesting. I have learned to realize that when you start from the negative and you move toward positive, it's always with interest. It's always with excitement. You always get enticed to move forward. See, we move what what? What makes us move is either some kind of attraction or somebody kicks us on the butt. There's one of those two things, there's no other way. (laughs) (laughs) So if, if, uh, if you don't want to get kicked on the butt, if you want to be enticed, then you have to have love. You have to love what you're doing. When you love what you're doing, the joy of reaching the Beloved becomes the enticing energy, power, that attracts you. In that attraction, no matter what you do, is unique. Whether you're painting, talking, walking, even heading somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> so, what is, one of, what is your favourite painting that you ever painted and why?
1: My favourite painting is the one that I'm doing right now. It's my masterpiece. It's the greatest work that I have ever done in my life it's so fantastic that i don't even think of any of my other paintings this is so amazing and then when it's done there's a new canvas and i'm starting a painting that is my masterpiece it's the greatest work i have ever done and i don't even remember the painting that i did yesterday or the day before It's that type of attraction that brings joy to our life, brings joy to our soul. And we lack in that. And because we lack in that, our soul is in the dark side of life.
0: Because everybody is doing things they don't like, you know. Like most of the people, they're unhappy with their lives because they're doing something they hate. They're doing it to make money. And by the time they realize that that wasn't what they're supposed to do, it's too late, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't realize that. A lot of us, so...
1: Yeah, I had a friend who was here the other night, and he was sitting in here, and we had a great time. We had finished two bottles of wine, and we were really high and enjoying ourselves. And uh, and all of a sudden, he said, "I gotta go." I said, "Where?" He says, "It's ten o'clock. I gotta go." I said, "Where are you going?" He said, "I gotta go home." I said, "What for?" He said, "Because I gotta get up tomorrow morning." get to work i said what for so because i have a meeting at nine o'clock in my office what for this is my business i gotta have a meeting and then finally we get to a point that what for he says that because i want to relax and enjoy my life and i said god damn it right now you're sitting in here with me and relax and enjoying your life you want to let go of that so one day in the future that you might not even reach, you would want (laughs) to enjoy your life. This is where we are having a problem because we're just thinking of the future and we don't realize that the person who's brought us, the power that has brought us to this point, is not going to let us stay on the edge of the road, we're going to continue and have enough respect for your power, for yourself, that you can be saved anytime you want to. Every time that my brush lands on the canvas, there is no doubt with it. It just lands the way it's supposed to land. And when you live that way, and accept the conditions the way it's supposed to be. Then life becomes joyful. The work of an artist, the work of artists, the greatest works of artists, is to put people's mind into dreaming. If you've done that, then you're an artist. But if you put in people's mind into, whether this is worth it or not, whether this is big for me or small for me, or colors or any of that stuff, then that's a different thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's different.
0: It takes the essence out of it when you make it into a business and then you go too much on the business side. It takes the soul and life out of it. Your painting, when somebody looks at it, they're alive like you can see a movement in there and it's and it's beautiful and he has this vibration, this energy about the paintings that you do that I, I haven't seen it any other places. It's, it's like a digital upload. Yeah. When you look at it, things change about you. You know, you look and you're like, oh, wow, this experience, I'm sure I had it before, but I don't know when.
1: Yeah. And the interesting part of it is that <laughs> Every time you see it, it's different. If you see the same thing tomorrow, it's different. Depending on your mood, there's a different interpretation of it. And the reason is very simple. It's because it comes from my heart, and it goes to your heart. And because hearts are connected, the, the emotion it gets carried quickly through the hearts, not in the brain. You're sitting next to me and i can feel whether you're frustrated you're happy whatever you know your emotion is i feel it but what you what is in your mind i cannot read it you could be thinking that oh i'm going to kill this guy or i'm going to do this (laughs) and that i cannot read it so really the connection should be through the heart and the only way to do it in order to enjoy life is by connecting with your emotion arts connects you with with your emotion when art is connected with your emotion it makes you feel good we always say it's not it's not what he said it's the way he said it it's always that feeling of How do you express it? Some way that has emotion in it. Some way that there's there's feeling with it. It doesn't have to be this or that. Just put the emotion in it. And it's a great work of art, whatever it is.
0: So you mentioned in your class today, your workshop, that you were an architect. And then how do you transition from that to to painting and then literature. Now you're writing books, you know, and writing. You have a lot of books, actually. So how did that all transpire into all these things you are doing?
1: A four-letter word, L-O-V-E. Love just takes you into the unknown. Love takes you where you have never traveled. One time, I was commissioned to do a mural on uh in Venice on Washington Boulevard and the area is 140 feet long or wide and 45 feet tall and uh I came up with a concept and we had to get approval from the city of LA and all kinds of things because it's a public art and uh Finally, we did the painting and scaffolding, you couldn't put it next to the wall because, because you wanted to paint. So it was with thin wire connected to the wall. So the scaffolding would be moving and the ocean is right there. So the breeze and wind moved the whole scaffolding back and forth and it was, it was fun. But the whole thing, for me, was that this is a message. I call it uh, Angel of Unity. And I I thought this is a message that tells people, and I have it on the corner of the painting. It says, uh, reach higher, reach for your spirit. And this is really a message for humanity from Rumi. Our spirit is a lot greater than we think about it. We sell ourselves cheap for nothing. Don't realize how great we are. Don't realize the power that is within us is enormous. It's enormous. All we have to do is to reach for it. But once you get that power in you, you begin to taste what life is all about. People ask me if I'm, what I'm doing nowadays, and I say I'm retired. I've been retired for 35 years. And that retirement is a joyful life. But you gotta produce, to enjoy <laughs> your retirement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs>
1: not, not, not to become human, you know.
0: <laughs> Some people they think you know retirement is you know that's it. You just stop everything and you don't have to expand anymore. You don't have to evolve. You don't have to learn about yourself, and you just lay on the couch. And, you know, there's a lot of people that die, you know, when they get retired because they don't do anything anymore. They don't challenge their mind. They don't challenge their heart. They don't challenge anything. They become like a cucumber.
1: Well, you know, that's, that's our comfort zone. We've, we're just like the worm in this cocoon and thinking that this is really the end of the world and there's nothing else beyond that. And we don't realize that all it takes is to break this goddamn cocoon and turn into butterfly and fly, you know, enjoy life. The metaphor is so powerful and we don't get it. We don't get it. All it is is to break away from these limitations, these load that we carry, these frustrations, all of these things that is with us all the time and be free and this is what arts should do for people and I'm glad that they eliminated arts from the schools because they were teaching wrong arts in school. <laughs> it was all about, it was all about who is, who composed what music, who did painted this and what year and all of that stuff, it was about what creative life is all about.
0: It was uh, like I went to art school and it was very different, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. I like to create and see things that changes you from inside and make you learn about yourself. But I thought, you know, that's gonna that's a place to flourish with those kind of art. And they don't they don't like it. They elevate the art that is just about the mind. And they they bring down the art that is about the heart. And you talk about Rumi spirituality. You talk about love. You know, especially you know Sufism and the deep roots you know of art. Because a lot of art, from what I know, came from like Sufis. Because you know, they they painted the experiences or they wrote the experiences. And in the education system, you're not really supposed to talk about stuff like that. It's all about critical thinking.
1: A Sufi, unfortunately, is not properly introduced to the West. Sufi tells you the way of life. It's not about a religion. It's about the way to live. So this thing is missing in the West. That's why I did that, uh, my uh, Oracle cards, Sufi wisdom, Oracle cards, the paintings and, and my writings from the Sufi quotations from the Sufi masters and interpretation of them. So in that, in that way, people get to know what Sufi is all about. It says, uh, I live the life of a Sufi, but I don't belong to any kind of ism. There's no such things as any kind of ism with Sufi. Sufi is a way of life. <laughs> No, it's either that you, God is out there, and you're going to go out for, to reach him, or, like a ladder, or he gets go pissed off. off with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's either that or God is inside you here. If you think that God is out there, then you go follow, you know, the rules and whatever, you know, religion says and all that, to go and pray to God for his greatness or apologize to God for having done something wrong. But if if God is really the one that is inside you, then you are God and act like one. Don't just say I'm God. Act like one. And what is acting like God? What did God do? What does God do? Is to create. So if man is born in the image of God, then man is to create. So if you want to be you know, God in is to create. So if you think that God is inside me, that means you're going to give birth to God that is inside you. So I give birth to God that is inside me on the canvas or in my writings or as I talk. Others do it their own ways. But you've got to act like God to know that God is inside you. Otherwise, God is out there, You yeah, and don't do anything to pass your life, because he's going to, you know, have the blood come and wash you all, all around. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was funny. I was looking at the new hub telescopes images that they're talking about, and you're talking about images that comes from 350 350- Billion light years from us. So, what is God? Who is God? Is way beyond. You know, we create our God, thinking that God creates us, but it's the other way around. We create our own way of doing it, and I don't want to get into that discussion. But anyway, no,
0: actually, you know, (laughs) uh, maybe we can do it. Talk about it next time. But I, I studied all this stuff like. Most of my life is spent in those subjects, you know, and I think Sufism is the best of the best because you have no attachment to some degree. You don't follow anybody or anything. You just follow your heart. You follow yourself, and in following yourself and your heart, the path is already there, and that y- y- it's beautiful because a lot of a lot of um, spiritual modalities right now they're dogmatic, you know. Everybody has a dogma, whatever whatever it is, but nobody really goes into into self and then th- the funny thing about the Persian language the name God means come to self am i right on that one i yes, didn't know that course, I, yeah. one time yeah. i heard it i was like wow that makes sense come to self the Persian language one of the most ancient language it says God is inside yeah. of you basically right
1: yeah and the other thing which is interesting that that we don't have it in English in in Persian uh, soul is flow so when you refer to soul you refer to the flow so what puts you into flow is your soul and that's another interesting one that i use it in my writings now but uh, you got to recognize the fact that soul is the flow which means that you have to be in the flow yeah if you sit down on the corner and you retire, and you don't want to do anything, I don't care how old you are, then just like the water in a river, it freezes on the edges, so it just stays there. But if you want to really be in the flow, get to the center of the flow. The whole beauty of life is to swim towards the center of the flow. It's not to go and get stuck in the frozen piece of the edge of the river. Sufi gets to know these from inside out. I know we don't have time in this discussion in here, but I wanna share one of the I make it very short, one of the Sufi stories that really tells Perfect. you what a Sufi we'll is love to hear it. <clears throat> yeah. There's this man who cannot find God and he wants to truly find God to believe in him. So he realizes that God has not lived in his hometown. So God is going to be somewhere outside. So he decides to leave town and go find God. So he goes to friends and relatives and everybody say goodbye to them they say where are you going Would say well i'm going to go find god because god doesn't seem to be in this town so they would say well if you find god bring you know something from god to us as well and they would give him some kind of a money or help for his journey so in, ret- in return he would bring something from god to them, maybe it's a piece of his robe, or whatever it is. So, finally he ends up to have this big pack filled with all the things that neighbors and friends have given him to carry with him on his trip. So these are the things that he needs it for his journey, food and money and whatever, clothing. Oh, he leaves town and about three miles outside the town as he's walking on this trail, he sees this stick which is about a yard tall with two little leaves on it and uh which means that that stick is alive it's got those leaves and he looks at that whole stick as he's walking And he says, how sad to be next to a road and not being able to travel. And the stick (laughs) hears that. And the stick says, but painful is to look for something and not find it. Spend your whole life looking for something. <laughs> and i not finding it. That, that is painful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the traveler looks at him as a stick. He looks at the stick. He says, What the hell do you know? about quest the whole beauty of life is to look for something to go after something just not to have something to look for it has no reason even for us to get out of the bed in the morning so the beauty of life is to look for something you stuck in this mud in here you cannot even move so you cannot really enjoy what it means To be able to look for something, go in search of something. That little stick doesn't say anything. The traveler goes and he's looking for God everywhere. There is no God anywhere. He's looking for God, but there's no God. So he's the backpack begins to get lighter and lighter and lighter and finally the backpack is empty and the pockets are empty and he cannot find God. So, that's it, sorry about that. He's going to come back to his town because God is nowhere to be found. As he's coming back to his town about three miles before he gets to the entrance of the town, there's this tall tree with all kinds of fruits on it, and going all around, beautiful shade, nice green, and he goes pick some fruits and he eats it, and he sits under the tree and is relaxing in the shade in there, under the tree and breathe in the the scent of the blossoms and suddenly the tree asks him he says oh traveler what do you have in that backpack can you share some with me and the traveler says oh I'm sorry I ashamed to tell you that this backpack is empty. And the tree says, I know. You don't remember me, but I remember you. I was a little stick next to the road when you were going by. And you were so conceited. And you were carrying this big load on your back. Looking for God. But then you lost all of that things that you had, knowledge and gatherings that you had and the looking for God, you lo- lost all of them. But now that you don't have anything in there and you've lost your ego, I give you a part of God. And suddenly the backpack feels different, something happens to it, it becomes strong and it glows with light and he puts it on his back and he looks at the tree and says wait a minute all of these years i was in search of god and i went everywhere and i couldn't find him how the hell did you find god stuck in this mud in here and the tree tells him see you look for god outside yourself so every time you lost some of your backpack you had to give it in the way of finding happiness joy God love whatever you call it but I looked inside to find God and every moment I became stronger more powerful, taller, bigger, gave fruit, gave everything. So that's one of the stories of of Sufi that has really had a big impact on me. It's the God that is inside you that you're going to find. And when you find that, you can surrender to it because that God has given you a gift, which is your body. Maintain it well. Maintain your body well. So the container is suitable for the content. Once the container is suitable for the content, then your life becomes joyful. But once you don't attend to the container, to yourself, to your physical wellness, as the container, not as you, not as the content, not as your soul. But if you maintain that, then you can have your soul happy when you don't have to work. Once we get to that point of eliminating the word work from your vocabulary, life becomes joyful. The word that you should replace it with is Layla. Layla. Lay means to make, law means to destroy. It's a Sanskrit word. So when you Layla, you achieve something because that means no attachment to the end result. You do things just to have fun. Just like making love, you just want to have fun. And once you have fun, that fun by itself becomes something that you can make money out of it and survive and live with riches out of it. But the secret is that once you find the secret of knowing that you don't have to put your soul under pressure because of the need of your body then you are relieved but as long as you put your soul under pressure for the maintenance of your body you're going to be miserable this is what changed in my life when I made a shift from architecture to painting because I realized that my body, my exterior was beautiful, well-maintained, and nice and everything, but the interior was not happy. I wanted to go after my love, which was painting. So I had to make a big shift in my life, and I was a successful architect with my works on the cover of many magazines. They they even had special issues on my architectural work. At that point, I felt emptiness inside, which wanted to create paintings. And that's when I made the shift. I burned everything that I had. I built a fire right in the middle of my courtyard in there and started burning with my master's degree of architecture down to everything that I had with IRS document, with insurance, with payments, with everything. I burned the whole thing down. And I decided I am an artist and I'm gonna stand behind it as my power. You want to be successful in life? Have to f- have faith for yourself. This girl on the other day, in, my, in one of my retreat, puts her paintings right in front of me. She had five paintings. Puts there and really proud of the paintings and looks at it and says, what do you think about it? And I give her some ideas about these five paintings colors and forms, whatever, you know, the ordinary stuff. And then she asked me, she says, do you think there's hope for me? Do you think there's hope for me? I said, no, I don't think there's hope for you. And she wasn't expecting like this kind old man is here. Telling me something that I don't want to hear. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So
1: she looks at me and she's waiting to see what I mean by that. And I said, see, you don't have faith in yourself. You're asking me if there's hope for you. Then that means there is no hope for you. As Confucius says the one who says I can, and the one who says I cannot, they're both right.
0: This is the truth
1: about life.
0: What are five advices that you have for someone who wants to be a good artist and who wants to do a good job?
1: The first, the very first step is to recognize what art is art is not a job art is love that's number one if you want to get into art you're going to love it don't do it because you want to make money if you want to make money just any other thing that you start on you're going to be more successful to become a successful artist among millions of artists. There was a time that, you know, you had to go from town to town to find an artist. Now, every second, millions are available to you. So, to become a Picasso among, you know, becoming a Picasso among 100 artists or 200 artists, maximum, is not a big deal. Thank you, Picasso. But it's not really a big deal. The big deal is to become an artist among 1 billion artists, or 500 million artists, something, its the number is tremendous, and the chances that their Picasso is much greater than Picasso could ever be already in there. But it's that competition that stops from coming out. There was a time that I wanted to been known as an artist. I had an interview with this Italian magazine, and, and uh, Grazio Gamberoni, that was her name. She, she was interviewing me, she was really into loved my work and everything, and, and then I got excited, and that was my first international interview that was big for me. And I said, uh, can you tell me what's the best way that I can get the critics and reporters from different countries to do the interview with me. And the answer that she said is another one of those five that you asked. he says, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is to be good. If you're good, they'll find you no matter where you are. If you're good, you're going to be showing your power. But that's when you're good. They'll find you. Don't go after exhibiting. Don't go after selling your paintings. Don't go after that. Go after becoming a good artist. Once you become a good artist, they'll find you. So that's the other advice. The other advice would be perseverance. Success has ups and downs. Success is a road that is not straight. You've got to go around the bends and you're got to bend and you're going to be coming down on the ground. Sometimes you have to crawl on the ground. But don't give up. Don't give up. Offer is one of my masters, uses the metaphor of the hair of the beloved. See, if you get the tip of the hair of the beloved, you get to the beloved. No matter how long the hair is, you're gonna to get to the beloved because that's the hair of the beloved. But, hair has curls. It has ups and downs. If you go down and suddenly you let go, then you've lost the whole thing, you've lost the hair. But if you hang on to the hair, in the down and in the up, finally you end up to the face of your beloved. Whatever that is, if it's your job, if it's money, if it's a woman, a man, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But. Perseverance is a very important thing. The other thing that I would say is very important in your success is to take care of your community. Take care of, give to your community. Share with your community. Sharing with your community. Give. Be more generous. Give. Give if it's for nothing. Give. Because that generosity always has a good return. Because it puts you in a position that you'll find the clues that you need for your guidance. And if I I count and write up to now, I'll tell you the
0: fifth one. It's so interesting, (laughs) I forgot the numbers. No. No, it's a good one. See
1: now, you know where I come from. When you when you ask me, you you said that you know you send me some questions. Said so you're going to ask me. So, please. If you if you if you tell me what you, you're going to ask me, I get nervous in answering it because then I'm going to prepare myself. But when when it's like when I'm painting, when I stand in front of my canvas, I don't know what I'm painting. I have no idea. If I have an idea, what I'm painting, I move away from it until my idea is gone. So I can paint. Because painting is plain. You know, I get a I get a blob of, let's say, I get a blob of blue and put it on my canvas. Let's say there's a canvas in here, and I get a blob of blue, I get a rag, put in blue color, just put on the canvas. Then I put that thing down, I get the rag, another rag. Put it in red, and I go somewhere where there is still blank canvas. So I go on the blank canvas somewhere, put my red. Now I have blue and red. When blue was by itself, blue was the king. Now that red has come in, blue's power has dropped into 50%. Now the two of them begin to play. The blue throws some color behind red back there. Red pushes some color towards blue. Blue gets green colors help and gets some greener, puts it on his head. Red would do that from yellow, whatever. They play, play, play. There's no painting. I'm not painting. I'm just playing. These colors are playing. And they play until my canvas gets filled with colors. Now, the canvas is filled with colors. Then I got to wait till it dries. It takes about half an hour for it to dry. While it's drying, I sit back. Now, it's the first time that I'm going back from my canvas. I put that thing in front of me in a different spot, mostly on the floor where I sit down on a chair and look at it with the light on it. And I start looking at, see what is that, canvas wants me to do with it. It's not what I want to do with canvas. Remember that. I'm sitting in there, staring at the canvas, see if canvas is telling me that, please touch me in here, or eliminate this part from me, that type of thing. I sit down, takes half an hour. I sit down patiently and stare at the canvas. If it didn't tell me anything, I turn it around, upside down stare at it sideways whatever i keep on looking at it until the canvas start telling me okay touch me here now our make our, our love making begins now we are making love together what canvas wants i give canvas and what i want canvas gives me so we begin to make love. once once lover and beloved become one then there's no lover and beloved. It's all love. When it's all love, that's when you're God. That's when you create. It's all love. It's all oneness. That's that's the ultimate.
0: Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Maybe the only thing that I could share with the audience and know that I'm sharing something valuable is what Nike already did it. Just do it. Just take the first step. Just take the first step. Don't worry about the second one. Don't worry about it. Don't sit down and try to figure out what I'm going to do afterwards. Just think that you are crossing a group of stepping stones in a fog. And these stepping stones are in a in a stream and you're going through you have no idea where the other side of the stream is but you take the first step that leads you to the next one and that would lead you to the next one because the fog does not allow you to see anything else so as you jump in there you can get to places so stop calculating figuring out all of that stuff stop being perfectionist stop any of these and just do it just just start taking the first step if the second step did not come along then don't take it anymore
0: okay perfect ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us and our podcast was amazing with mr rasuli one of my favorite artists mr rasuli before we finish where can people find you where can people find your website AND WHERE CAN PEOPLE FIND YOUR WORKSHOP?
1: MY WORKSHOP IS ON SATURDAYS, uh, BETWEEN 8 TO 10 A.M., LOS ANGELES TIMES. THAT'S WEST COAST TIME. Uh, TO FIND ME, MY PAINTINGS, MY INTERVIEWS, MY VIDEOS, ALL OF THAT, YOU COULD EITHER JUST TYPE IN RASULI, YOU KNOW, GO TO, uh, YOU KNOW, uh, any of the uh, search engines, you get me there, or you could go to rasuli.com. And rasuli spells R A S S O U L I, L I at the end.com. And I think that's the best. Send me an email if you have any comments, anything you want to share, I would be open to share with you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. We will put the links and the bio in all of the videos and the media. Thank you very much for being here, and I'll talk to you soon.